0: Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, the 23rd day of April, and this is the year of our Lord, 2021. Normally there are many issues, many subjects to talk about, but today there's only one, only one issue, and that is the trial and verdict of Minneapolis Police Officer Derek Chauvin for the death of George Floyd. I do not question the verdict in that trial, but I question The deciding of the verdict in advance of the trial in America, the system is based on the idea that one is presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Why bother with the trial if we already know the verdict? The Castle family doing quite well health-wise on this Friday as we continue to enjoy the spring. It has been a little chilly this week in the River City with lows in the 30s, but as a famous Russian once said, how can you enjoy summer? Without winter to give it sweetness, a family daughter holding up as best one can expect out in the city of angels. The system I've spent my life believing in, trusting in, now seems to be getting more irrational, more delusional. Each day, throughout my educational life, I was taught that the criminal justice system was a search for truth. Therein, justice would be found. When found, justice was blind. It was impartial. It was to operate by a system of rules that were sacrosanct and was to be as free as possible of outside bias. The process is to be protected as more important than the outcome of any one trial. The question for the Minneapolis jury to decide where basically did Chauvin actually cause George Floyd's death or was there some other cause? If he did cause it, did he do it while committing A felony offense with force, the media, however, had a far different agenda, which was unfortunately joined by various politicians up to, and including the President of the United States, more than one member of Congress, the Governor of Minnesota, the Minnesota Attorney General. The motives of those people are personal to each of them, but the result was to take the final result out of the hands of the jury. I guess they don't trust the jury system, so they had to help it decide. The interjection of those people into what would normally be just a local case, as well as the media's determination to turn it into a national case, caused a great deal of damage in the case. But more importantly, damage to the system of justice itself. We're now left with questions such as, was the verdict just given the facts or was the jury influenced by the threat of cities burning across America and by politicians calling for violent confrontation, and so forth. The headlines of the Memphis paper, the Memphis Commercial Appeal yesterday, read, Justice Prevailed. That implies that if the jury had reached a different verdict, then justice would not have prevailed, which means that the verdict was already decided in advance because no other verdict would be justice. That is a very dangerous way to treat the criminal justice system. Today, you may have the media And you may have the politicians on your side, so you can intimidate and influence the results in your favor. But tomorrow, it might be a different majority and a different result, so the rules must remain intact. They must be sacrosanct and above suspicion. What the politicians did was leave open a clear avenue of appeal, which probably should have resulted in a mistrial or a dismissal to, say, During trial with a non-sequestered jury that Floyd's death was murder in the full light of day is influencing and intimidating a jury when Maxine Waters came to town and urged more violent confrontation than a guilty verdict. The judge should have declared a mistrial or dismissed the charges altogether. Instead, he admonished her for abhorrent calls to violence in the streets. Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, Asked for the case to be dismissed, arguing that the jury had been hopelessly biased by Waters' comments, he said that it is so pervasive there is no way the jury could be free from the taint of it. The judge agreed, but decided to kick the decision upstairs to the appeals court instead of doing something that would cause his city to be burned to the ground. Politicians such as Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi— And Joe Biden, with their comments, made justice less, not more likely. Even the jury may have reached the correct verdict. But given the weight of the evidence, that result is now tainted by obvious bias. The celebrations after the verdict were reminiscent of the O.J. Simpson verdict. But there, the verdict was not guilty, which makes my earlier point about the shoes sometimes being on the other foot, the bias statements by politicians and media, as well as the jubilant celebrations after the verdict gave the whole process the atmosphere of a Stalin-era show trial. Basically, it was, let's give that guilty SOB a fair trial, then hang him. Chauvin may have deserved the verdict he received, but now we will never be completely sure— the jury could have and would have reached the proper verdict without the virtue signaling grandstanding politicians and their media cohorts The prosecution of Derek Chauvin. Was David versus Goliath? And today, in this day and age, Goliath always wins. The people demanding a guilty verdict had nothing to worry about, but still they could not just shut up and let the process work. Prosecution had all the lawyers and the resources of the Minnesota Attorney General's Office, plus several expert lawyers who volunteered their services for free, one pro bono attorney in particular, nationally known as a particularly skilled lawyer in cross-examining expert witnesses, and he was a devastating cross-examiner to the defense experts. Derek Chauvin had only one lawyer, Eric Nelson, against the mighty power of the unlimited resources of an all-powerful state and its media cohorts, I followed the trial as carefully as I possibly could while still doing my own job. And Eric Nelson did the best he could under the circumstances. He was caught in no man's land on the m- most important piece of evidence in the trial. That was the witness videos. <clears throat> Hindsight is 20 as we all know, but the best gamble was probably to let Chauvin testify. His reasoning to not do so was probably that he did not want his client subjected to cross-examination on such questions as your knee was on Mr. Floyd's neck for how long? How many times did he say I can't breathe? You're not hard of hearing, are you, Mr. Chauvin? On the other hand, without Chauvin's testimony, there was no one to refute any of the critical prosecution evidence Pieces such as the very critical witness videos, he had to just let those stand without any explanation. That was probably fatal by itself. My point is that Eric Nelson had little to no chance of keeping Derek Chauvin out of prison, but now he has a clear motion for appeal, maybe even a reversal, if I may quote the judge, Peter Cahill, quote, I will give you that Congresswoman Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned, end quote. That was the trial judge, folks. Why would Maxine Waters' journey from California to Minnesota just to give Derek Chauvin's lawyer a clear avenue of appeal and or reversal of the verdict? Is she really that stupid? Or could there be some other reason? I can only think of one other possible reason, that is to keep the matter going, going and going for many years because it is useful to her politically. Nancy Pelosi, refusing to allow a motion for censure of waters to come to the floor of the House, gives some credence to that idea. Joe Biden's comments were just more bumbling efforts of his to show he's down with the cause, he's woke. The best description I have come across of the two different movies I referred to in the title of this report was Jeff Deese's article posted on LewRockwell.com. Mr. Deese said, quote, one feature One features a beleaguered police officer dealing with a recalcitrant suspect who was resisting arrest. The suspect had titanic levels of opioid fentanyl in his system, perhaps enough to kill him. He was no choir boy, having participated in a gang robbery of a pregnant woman at gunpoint. So even if the cop went too far, and it's unfortunate the perp died, it wasn't murder. The Floyd probably was a rotten criminal anyway, end quote. The second movie goes something like this, quote, The highlight reel playing across town, however, shows a different tale. A bigoted cop jammed his knee into the neck of a handcuffed black man, killing him with impunity in a gross display of everything wrong with racist American justice. White supremacist America still can't come to terms with equality. Thus we have indiscriminate police killings of unarmed black men, end quote. So two different movies, two different parts of the country. Mr. Deese points out that justice is specific, not general. Derek Chauvin was not tried for racism, for slavery, for Jim Crow laws of the past. He was not tried for some vague notion of America's past sins. America was not on trial. White people were not on trial. Mr. Deese points out as well that spinning the narrative to make those things part of the trial was not done to alleviate racial problems, but to inflame them. In conclusion, justice in its best, though imperfect, form is most of all blind. Thus the blindfold on the statute. Justice is not general to a society, but specific, individual, impartial. We used to understand these things as basic, essential to a free society and a liberal justice system. Injustice happens to individuals, not to societies. Individual bodies, their property, suffer from injustice. To have a proper sense of justice, there must be some sense of shared and agreed-upon values. What are our values now? What will replace Christian morality in America? The left answers that its all-powerful state will replace them. It will manage an egalitarian society. The right, to this point, remains silent on the issue. Finally, folks, what will become of all those dedicated police officers who go out each day, each day for years, to confront the most violent criminals among this population? Will they all resign because of police reform, because they are misunderstood, unsupported, unappreciated? I hope not, because we need them. But I would certainly understand if they did, Experience teaches us that the fewer police we have on the streets, the more crime we have, especially violent crime. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.